Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome to the Peak and Flow podcast. This is technically our first episode. Um, at the same time, it's like in the family, in the mood prep, Alpha Theta Flow, Peak and Flow family, it's like episode 800 and something. Um, but all that aside, I'm really excited to be bringing this podcast back, um, but also at the same time, this literally is new and improved. I think that's, I always thought new and improved was a bit of a joke because how can something be new but they improved on it but this is literally new and improved from the sense that it's an evolution of what i've done before so you know quick background on that previously mood prep had uh i don't know hundreds and hundreds of episodes which was a 10 minute give or take podcast five days a week um for a number of years uh and it was time for me to to evolve that into something a bit more um and the whole brand the brand as a whole and that brought Alpha Theta onto into the equation, or I guess it birthed it to some degree. But it never really felt right, besides the fact of me always having to try and explain and justify that it's not a fraternity. <laughs> Alpha Theta was, funnily enough, actually pointing to um, the brainwave activity that's been observed in individuals when they're in a state of flow, hence the Alpha Theta Flow podcast or the website itself. Um, from there, one of the first sort of services and products that we ran through Alpha Theta, um, besides coaching and mentoring, was our retreats. Now the retreats are um, th- a tiered three ways. So it's actually a program. So each retreat is a program within a program. It's a base flow peak, two day, three day, and four day retreats, or three night, you know, three night, four night, five night retreats. And they were called peak and flow retreats. And so from there we decided, and uh, myself driving that arm of the business to turn it into peak and flow. It allowed us to explain really simply and you know, relatively easy with what we actually are teaching and what we're doing. And, and peak and flow as a whole is a training and education brand. And so that means that this podcast feeds onto that as well. Now I did years of thousands of bits of content from all sorts of social platforms that was educational in nature. Um, and the goal now is to be able to deliver that again um, better with more frameworks for people to actually learn more and have more pathways for their own development as well, which is what I really missed back in the day. So what you can probably expect from this podcast itself um, is I'm aiming for three podcasts a week, whether that's three 15-minute podcasts in this monologue similar to what I'm doing right now, or whether that's actually having guests on and going through some musings and discussions and an interview process as well. So um, overall... I'm really excited whether I sound like I am or not. It's pretty rare for hear me say I'm excited because I usually prefer to pay attention to what I'm doing right now. But this has been a like really peak and flow and I, I just posted this recently um, is like the sapling of the tree that I planted 20 years ago. And so even though we're only just starting to see it break the surface, the roots of peak and flow run exceptionally deep and my team is amazing. And the goal for us and our body of work and my body of work really is is how we can um, draw the lines where mind, breath and body all integrate together or where they overlap and, and you know, there's no, there's no gaps. So how does the way that we think affect the, the way that we um, structure our personalities and what the influences are of that? And then how does that actually point to what our um, potential breathing patterns and and the way that we show up physically so like our somatic signature which is what i refer to 
to how that actually maps across to our physical being as well. And so it's sort of seeing these, what goes from what's called a meta state, which is a state about a state. So the way that we think and feel about particular things to um, particular patterns of thinking and then clusters of patterns of thinking, which point to a personality structure. And then you could imagine if somebody is more future orientated, worst case scenario, um, may run more anxiousness than somebody who is more present, um, more in their body, less in their head. So a head t- rather than a head type, more of a body type uh, as far as personality structures are concerned. And um, that person may run less anxiousness. Now, if that's the case, literally their breathing and the way that they show up in their physical body is going to be different. Now, you do that for 20 years and you're going to see some massive changes between how those two people show up in the world. And so this is where we go, where does mind, breath and body all overlap and how can we not go mind over matter or it's all in the body? How do we actually take both mind and matter, um, individual and collective? And really that's giving a tip of the hat to Ken Wilber's work with integral theory. Um, But how can we really get all that and, and make it practical? How do we grab these beautiful you know, theories that if we're not careful can be esoteric in nature, but how do we actually ground that and make it practical in everyday life? And so um, I believe people should have access to life-changing information, practices, opportunities um, for free. But at the same time, um, I think people should have opportunities and I'm very grateful that I had was, was given these opportunities to be able to invest in themselves as well. And it's an interesting story, an interesting concept anyway. Like I remember... Uh, when I first paid for, for coaching, developmental coaching through the coaching room, um, it was with Jay. Um, his name is, I actually had some musings with him on mood prep. But um, uh, I remember him saying it's $600 XGST, you buy them in packs of six. And for me at the time, I was actually house sitting. I was earning less than 30K a year. I was at one of the courses that I managed to scrap some money together for. Uh, and I was like, yep, let's do it. Um, and, uh, funnily enough, I managed to once again, pull some money together and, and pay for that in one big chunk, which was just under 4k. Now, the reason why I share that with you is because I made that decision growing up with exceptionally poor money values and poor money beliefs and this type of mindset within, you know, parts of my family that, that made me think I got to trade my money for time and that I got to work five days a week and I have to pay my rent for all these sorts of things that were exceptionally limiting in many facets. I was like, I want to spend this money. I want to invest this money myself. And that was a big change for me in going, I'm not paying the coaching room 4K. I'm saying I'm worth spending 4K on. And that was a big shift. It was a, it was a menace shift for me. And it flows into this idea and this concept that when people pay, they pay attention and which is exactly what i did and so the beauty of making sure that there's this these pathways for development for individuals is making sure that we're not just offering solutions to people's symptoms what we're really doing is making sure we're giving people pathways to get to the problem behind the problem so that they can they can start to really see how they're actually playing a role in what their suffering actually is um, and how they can use mind and matter to address that long term. And so it really breeds intergenerational change. And the powerful thing around that, and this is what's been so challenging, I think it was, it's, I can word it better now than I could when I first started my first business, which is functional fitness, the gym. Um, 
back then it was like you know the fitness industry creates long-term psychological issues provides people with short-term physical solutions to create repeat customers but another way that i can think of that now is that the fitness industry was simply trying to market to an audience that was um, trying to solve their symptoms not their actual problems and so um, so be it. But back in the day, I was like, I don't want to play a, a role in this anymore. I'm sick of playing a role in, in trying to pre- pretend to solve the, the problem I'm also perpetrating. And what's that evolved to now is to be like, okay, well, the symptom might be the thing that goes, fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. But what's the problem driving that symptom? Like, and wh- where's my value with that problem? Because at some point, I valued that type of thinking or valued that type of being or way of being or valued that type of probably non-thinking and just doing. Um, But over time, it becomes rigid and it ends up running me rather than me choosing how to actually respond to any given moment. And this is where you'll hear me say so often um, to meet the moment. And that's really what I'm teaching. It's just so simple. It's, it's exceptionally nuanced and complex and beautiful and challenging and, and emotional and all sorts. But really, it's, it's simple. It's learning how do we meet the moment with the most mature version of us in this moment, at this moment, with this moment. And so being able to start to see the, the mental drivers that show up for us and, and how do we grab what really is subjective in nature and make it like ground it and be like, what are these patterns and what are the, what are the values, subjective values that I have in particular with these patterns that are no longer serving me and that when they drive my type of thinking and type of behavior are actually restricting me from showing up. Now, I actually had a conversation with a guy who reached out to me a week or two ago, a week ago, I think. And he just wanted to catch up, network, young guy, 22, just started his business. And early in the conversation, I was more than happy to give him my time. Early in the conversation, he asked a question around, uh, and it wasn't a podcast, it was just simply a, a discussion. He asked a question around, um, oh, is that, you know, with the, how the person basically assumes their identity? And it's like, identity's like, identity's part of the problem, mate. Like, we want to go... Who, who, you know, what is my identity? Who am I going to show up? What are all these archetypes? And that's all well and good, but I can promise you your identification with your identity more often than not is going to get in the way than it is and get in the way of you showing up and meeting the moment and being the most mature version that you can be in this very moment and trusting yourself because people are trusting their identity and not themselves, right? And then that identity starts to run them. And I'll give you so many examples of how this can show up for people and real life examples as well. I'll, you know, case studies, if you will, um, of how this can show up. But the key thing here is seeing that there's a psychological component to us. Then there's our physical body. And then there's our, like our true essence, which is, which is not necessarily separate, but is the observer of all of that. And without making it too esoteric, it's going, how do we gain access to that whilst psychologically being present and resourceful whilst getting the most out of our body and our breath so that we can leave all the shit that we no longer want behind and start to really show up as us in every given moment to be and that's where your potential is to finish that whole thought train off your potential isn't in the future your potential is the the most resourceful current version of you now that's you living your potential. And if you do that for 20 years, then you live your potential, right? 
it's not like if I keep training away and keep dreaming of the future that when I arrive in that future, I'll be at my potential. No, it's if you aim to access your potential that you have in any given moment, in 20 years, you would have practiced that so well that your potential is phenomenally further ahead. That's how you see potential. And I'm going to finish it on that. So team, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this first podcast back. If you did, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with someone else or share it on your socials. I also just jumped on threads as well, um, which I'm really excited about. I never got on the Twitter bandwagon, but I used to do a lot of writing um, on Instagram with pictures, but it was never really a written platform. So I'm really excited to share a lot more of my uh, thoughts and lessons um, and everything, I guess, quotes and so forth, experiences on that platform. But you can also find me on Instagram. You can find me at on Facebook. Look, it's really simple. Today's world, I mean, you should, should be able to find someone, right? It's pretty, it's pretty if they want to be found, that is. Um, you can also grab a copy of my book, Money Yourself, anywhere online. Otherwise, um, team, that's me. Done. I'm out. It's lovely to be back here behind the microphone again. I'm really looking forward to doing more of these and bringing you some amazing content from some other amazing guests. But I'm out. Until next time. I'm going old school. Peace and pizza. I'll see you soon.